feel a bit better about this weekend now after I uh, examine some stats. You know what, Todd? Me too. Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. Joining me tonight again is my boy, Mr. Todd Brooks. Todd, how are you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, Stan. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I've had some time to, like, you know, digest that other pod we did and that other show we did and, and, and really dive into some numbers for this week's matchup against the Bears. And I'm dealing a lot better, honestly. Um, so uh, how about you? I'm feeling a lot better as well. I still have a lot of doubts about this Falcons team, but uh, after examining some stats from the Bears and the Falcons, because there are some things the Falcons are actually doing right. So we can we can talk about that tonight too. Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the uh, you start with the Bears matchup? Or, or yeah, why don't revisit? we? Yeah, let's uh, let's start with the Bears matchup first. We can we can go there. Um, okay. Okay, so the Bears. One thing that strikes me about them is that they are not a very good offensive team, uh, which right. does well for the Falcons. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, he's only averaging 237 passing yards a game. One thing that you do have to watch out with him, though, is that he can run the ball. He's got 42 rushing yards on the year, so he's kind of a little bit tricky. He can scramble a little bit. Um, and then even with their running game, they're averaging 142 rushing yards a game, and they have a, a main back. they got David Montgomery. But their receiving core is extremely balanced. They don't really have a go-to receiver, whereas the you know Falcons – have Julio, but then uh, they also have Calvin Ridley as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other big thing, too, is uh, they actually have a really good linebacker. They have Roquan Smith. That's my boy from Georgia right there. And, yeah. It's, uh, awesome guy. And, yeah, okay. So, along going back to, like, the, the rushing yards um, – that's like a matchup right there. It's like the rushing yards is what the only thing they do like really well. If you like look at the cop, like the comparison is like the, if you're looking at their offense as a whole, like their bottom half of the, I mean, they're like, you know, the bottom of the league in total yards, passing yards, points per game and third down percentage. They're like bottom 20 in, in all of those, in all those categories, except for, rushing yards and they're ninth in the league in rushing yards for 142 points per game. So like you said, like, and then the Falcons are, you know, on the flip side of that are fourth in the league in total yards. They're second in the league in passing yards. They're 28th in the league in rushing yards, fifth in the league in points per game. And then they're like 10, I think 10th on third down percentage, like third down conversion percent, which that particular stat right there surprised me. I never – they're 48% on third down conversions. Does it feel like it's 48%? Absolutely not. You know why? Because they go a lot on fourth down, and they don't get it a lot. So, I don't know. Right. I, I, I think that 48% uh, gets lost on me sometimes that 
I don't feel like 48%. So just like looking at their offenses like side by side in a vacuum is the Falcons definitely want to get into a track meet with these guys. Right. The other thing I'd add to that, too, is that they're better at running the ball. The Bears are better at running the ball than the Falcons are. And right. uh, that's one thing our defense is actually pretty good at stopping. We're giving up 104 and a half rushing yards a game. So right. now I don't know if that's really a big deal when the other team is <laughs> passing for like 40 yards a game too, or 472 right. yards. But it's just uh, it's just incredible how that matchup could potentially work out. So on paper, at least, the Bears shouldn't roll over us like these other teams right. did. Uh, as far as being able to put up big-time stats. But when you're playing the Falcons' defense, anything goes. So, yeah, talking about, like, just like what we were saying, like, when you're playing the Falcons' defense, anything goes. I got a notification on my the fantasy football app this morning that you probably got it too, but I don't think I would ever probably get this notification ever again. It said, hey, fantasy sleeper this week, Mitch Trubisky. I was like, oh, I wonder why he's the fantasy sleeper. It's because he's playing the terrible Falcons' defense. Okay, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's like I expected to get, hey, fancy sleeper, Todd Brooks. He's suiting him up, lacing him <laughs> up back there. He's going to throw for 500 yards. No. All right. So, all joking aside, if the Falcons can get to Mitchell Trubisky, if, like, if he doesn't have structure in his – he's not a good uh, improv guy. So, like, he has to have structure. He has to have reads. So he goes, read, 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 and if it's not there, throw it away or throw it to the other team. So uh, I have I have a good feeling that, if, you know, Tack McKinley is top ten, top five in the league in pressures, according to pro football focus. I don't know, uh, you know, what that means or why it matters, but he's, you know, top five. So um, if you could get into uh, Trubisky's face, and put your hand on him. Maybe he starts seeing ghosts. Maybe he throws to the other team. Maybe we get a couple picks out of this guy. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the goal here. That's the matchup we want is just rattle him a little bit early, and hopefully he throws to somebody in the Falcons jersey and somebody catch the ball. Yeah, for sure. Interestingly enough, the Falcons don't have any interceptions on the year yet. So, um, oh, well, there you go. Game three. <laughs> There you go, Todd. We're setting – hey, man, we're setting trends. Or it's going to be a first for everything in this game. You know what? I'm calling it here. They're going to win this game. Because they're gonna, the reason why they're going to win this game is because the Falcons average the uh, – let's see. Where are we at? Sorry. They average 32 points a game. And yeah. uh, the Bears average 22 points a game. So if we could just get – I mean, if we're talking – if they score 27 points, the Falcons ought to come away with a victory with this. I think if they if they get above 25 points as total, like Falcons, they can win this one because I don't know if the Fal- if the Bears have enough to do a track meet with the Falcons. And obviously no, they, the Falcons. Go ahead. Yeah, they probably don't have enough to do a track meet. But one thing about the Bears versus the other two teams that the Falcons have played in the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys is they do have that extra defensive edge, too. And um, and that's – so will the Falcons be able to perform at that kind of offensive level against the Bears' defense? That I'm not sure of. Okay, so, yeah, and I wrote down a couple, like, hey, just matchups to watch out for. So I, I wrote down Bears' D-line versus the Falcons' O-line. 
because I think Khalil Mack has been on the injury report two days in a row, but I don't know if they treat him like Julio. Julio is like perpetually on the injury report. The injury report is as long as my leg, bro. Have you looked at the injury report? Not in depth. No, I haven't. There, there are nine players that did not practice today. Nine of them. See if you recognize any of these names. Julio Jones, Kendall Sheffield, DeMonte Casey, Ricardo Allen, Foyer Aluakon, Dante Fowler, Jake Matthews, Caleb McGarity, and Tack McKinley. All nine of those did not practice today. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of those are better defensive players, too. Right. And so, now Julio, if you're going down this list, Julio is probably going to play because he's played with worse injuries than, you know, whatever he's got going on. I think he's got a hamstring. So, that's probably precautionary, and so is the Jake Matthews one. It's probably precautionary, but the rest of these guys are really, I mean, you know, the rest of these guys, if they don't play, we're <laughs> that all we talked about in the previous, you know, what previous little section there all goes out the window if they're missing seven players on defense, you know? So, right, exactly. Um, health is going to factor in a lot. They've got a couple. I looked, I peeked at their, <clears throat> their off, um, injury report too. They have the defense, a defensive tackle on the injury report, and they've got, uh, what's his name, Khalil Mack on the injury report. So, I'll. Their superstar, and he's you know, he's the he's the heart and soul of that defense. So it's going to be interesting to see Khalil match up against the tackles because I think he mainly plays outside edge. And so uh, Matt Gono, I'm I'm assuming Caleb McGarity's not going to start, but I think Jake Matthews will start at the left tackle or the right tackle spot. So to see those matchups, um, you know, head to head matchups is going to be crucial for uh, the Falcons if they want to keep Matt Ryan's jersey clean. Absolutely. And um, another matchup to also, too, we kind of already talked about that, but, you know, the rushing attack. The rushing attack versus mainly the Falcons, not only the defensive line, but their linebacker. Excuse me. The, uh, their linebacking play uh, has scared me uh, a little bit this year. So, I don't know. I just – I think – Julio, or not Julio, but what's his name? Um, Deion Jones gets lost because he's so fast and he's kind of undersized as a middle linebacker. So sometimes if he gets kind of lost in the shuffle, then he just, once he's out, he's out, he's out of the play. So um, he does better, like sideline, sideline, and shooting gaps. But I mean, I feel like that's for any <laughs> middle linebacker in the NFL. Is if you play sideline to sideline and not get touched by offensive linemen, you're going to make plays. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So their their running attack is, and I think too. I haven't watched. I've only watched a little bit of film on them uh, for the, on the Bears, but uh, I think they're committed to the run. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Russell, like the Seahawks were like, "Oh, we're gonna run the ball," and then they got down to it and was like, "This is working too good. Why do we, why would we run it if Russell Wilson's having a career day?" It's like we may as well just throw it the whole time. And so I think that I think. The Bears aren't going to fall into that. I don't think, obviously, Trubisky's on the level of Dak or uh, Russell Wilson. So, I think they're going to, like, okay, well, he might be having a good day, but we're definitely going to run this down the front. So, that, you know, I don't know if that plays to their advantage or not, but that's something to, to consider there. I would totally agree with you on that. Uh, the Bears are definitely more of an old-school type offense where they run it a lot more than they pass it. 
Um, yeah. So, so I think it's going to be a much more physical game than what the Falcons have seen in any of the last two weeks. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. the thing is, can the Falcons man up and actually bring any kind of physical style themselves? We've talked before how they're more of a finesse team. Do they have sure. any physicality where they can actually handle it? Yeah, that's the that's the thing. And and then and and another kind of aspect too that we've we've talked before about was are you gonna I mean it's it's not X's and O's, it's heart right here and right now, you know, it's are you gonna play for your coach? Are you gonna play for this team? Do you believe in this team? And they're gonna come with Smash Draft football, they're gonna come with like nineties football, they're gonna play good defense, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna run the ball between the tackles, they're gonna stretch it, they're gonna stay to the run. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna want to just uh, wear you out with possession. And so, are you gonna step up? Ben, don't break has been the, for what I've seen, the motto of this defense, the Falcons' defense. But I mean, mostly breaking. But you know, it's they're they're not a typical three and out kind of people or kind of defense. They're let them put together a drive, and it all of a sudden, you know, get a three and out. That's the goal. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you, that, the defensive philosophy. And also, too, Kendall Sheffield, um, Kendall Sheffield uh, being out, I didn't think mattered as much as I think it does now. Does now. I think Isaiah Oliver is getting burnt crispy because he's not as fast as he, you know, people who are typically in his position. So, like, right. jamming at the line, like, jam the big, big, Physical receivers like DK Metcalf, like not jamming them a line and always trailing, you're not fast enough to stay with that guy. He's an absolute freak track star, DK Metcalf. So like all the the big plays that he's got burnt with is pure speed, not putting hands on him, but just getting like pure speed off the line. So um, that's an interesting like matchup to look at too. And another one that I just thought of, I completely just thought of this off the head, but I think. It is the going to be the um, debut of Marlon Davidson. I think I'm reading between the lines there. I'm not. I'm not, you know, breaking news or anything. But I, it's what it's looking like is he's going to be able to play today or this week. Right, so. and we talked about how much I loved him as a draft pick in one of the previous podcasts, and and I think that was the best pick of all the Falcons draft picks that they they actually uh, selected this year. So I, I'm, I, have, I have pretty high ambitions for him and expectations for him. Yeah. So I. Uh, so that's the stats part. We we just talked all the stats. You know, that's we laid yeah. it all out. How the how this matchup, rush defense, rush offense, pass defense, all that stuff. But right. how you feeling about this game, Todd? Well, I think there's really five big keys to the game. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll, we can kind of review that. Uh, I think the first thing is going to be pass rush. You're going to have yep. to come at at the Chicago like you did at Dallas early in the game, and yep. this kind of goes along hand to hand with that. You have to make the necessary adjustments. Now, mm. uh, mm-hmm. one thing that is not happening with the Falcons is that they are not adjusting uh, in any kind of tactical way whenever something goes wrong. They don't know how to fix it, and then it just all falls apart. The defense falls apart, and then next thing you know, we're in a shootout, and then we lose the game. So, for that not to happen again, then we have to make the necessary adjustments in the game. And that's going to – so, earlier – so, kind of just 
pause right there, like kind of just a kind of like a narrative aside that I've read on Twitter or something that Ulbrich, so Ulbrich is the linebacking coach, right? Right. And then Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator now. What I read on Twitter through D, D Orlando Ledbetter, I don't want to get this wrong, so don't quote me, but Ulbrich has been calling the defensive plays for first and second down, and Raheem Morris is calling the third down play. You've got two different player, two different coaches calling the defensive plays. I I don't know if that's industry standard or not, and maybe I just have never looked into it hard hard enough before. But that's isn't that did that seem a little funky to you? That it's not like cohesive and like having one thought of you know like a, I don't know. Does that feel yeah, weird it, to you? It's very strange. I think that for the cohesiveness, for sure, you need to have one guy calling the plays. And let me tell you, if um, if he's just calling plays on third down, it's not working because the Falcons are giving <laughs> up like a clip of 47% on third down. So that's not working. Yeah, 50-50, man. That's not good, brother. You you might need to relinquish that to Ulbrich and let him keep going. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what to exactly. call that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> – uh, number three, I think don't get cute, Dan, would be what I would call this. Don't um, get cute, Dan. Yeah, and what I mean by this is that, you know, Dan Quinn does not make the best tactical decisions anyway. There were really <clears throat> two big mistakes in the Dallas Cowboys game over the weekend. The first being Dan early in the game decided that he wanted to go for a two-point <laughs> conversion to try to get a four-touchdown lead, but – Usually, you save that for the end of the game. Yeah. And, and like, I've seen college teams do it before. Oregon was like – the Oregon Ducks are, like, the world's worst about doing it. They'll just, like, keep on going for two and keep on going for two and missing it. I saw them actually lose a game that way one time. So, you don't want to, like, get cute with things. You don't want to overthink it. You just want to just play good, sound football and, and keep it basic. I mean, you don't have to do anything special like that and just go for two because – Ultimately, what happened if the Falcons had actually kicked the extra point and who yes. had made the extra point? We would yes. have gone to overtime. Yes. So, I preach preach everything, brother. Don't outsmart yeah. common sense, dude. Just take the points. I've been, my, I'm screaming at the TV. Just take the points, please. I get it. And I know you have a mantra of fast and physical, and I know you have a mantra of being aggressive and all the sayings that you have. But Please, 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 for the love of the game, just take the points, please. And we can figure out two points. Well, here's the deal with the two-point conversion. If we're going to be aggressive and, and, and go for two on a consistent basis, as the last couple years, I guess, have showed us, a lot of the two-point plays, you know, because once you're down there, you're not. we're talking, what, five yards, if that? Was that right. what the – yeah, it's all condensed. You can't let a play develop. So I mean, half the plays are ridiculous. They're rolling Matt Ryan out, and you got everybody running this way and that way. It's like uh, it's just I don't think it's a high percentage enough of plays. There's one play that the tight end always, or it's either a tight end or running back. However, they run it, they put someone extra on the line, and they have him free running. So now the defensive end has to choose: do they stay with the tight end? Or do they rush Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott? And then he goes to the quarterback and he just drops it over his head because the switch doesn't ha happen fast enough. 
But that's a play like this, like standard. Like that play works a lot of the time because it puts that defensive end in a terrible spot of, all right, where do I go? You know, it's, but the Falcons don't seem to seem to have that in their repertoire, in my opinion. They used to have a play that they ran a lot until they lost on that play. They used to run that little shovel pass to Devontae Freeman, have a little, like a play action draw, like play action, like, hey, we're going to throw it. Everybody kind of just bends around, and Devontae Freeman's in the pocket a little bit, and then he kind of look a little shovel pass up front. It's in the air, so it's actually like lift, left his hands, the shovel pass, and then he's kind of like a draw play, and he goes in for the end zone. So that's he. That's happened. Like that used to be a third down goal line deal, but it got intercepted one time, and I don't think they ever ran that again. So mm. anyway, that's my third. That's my fourth. Two point conversion, like rant, is like if you're gonna go for two points, dial up some like high percentage plays, please. Thanks. Yes, definitely. All right, continue. Sorry. All right, so yeah, no, no problem. Uh, the next thing, get your running game more involved, dude. Our running game is just bad. It, there's just okay. no way it's, around it. It's bad. Let's look at these stats. All right, oh. so I, I, so right now we in two games the Falcons have rushed for 185 yards. That is Total? an average. Yes, as an okay. average of 92 and a half point, uh, 92 and a half rushing yards. Excuse me, a game, and oh. that's just not going to get it done. And we ran for 113 against Dallas, I believe. So the stats were that, really ugly. That's really bad. That's scary bad. If you we ran for 113, and by the way, I just look like you said, I just checking it out too. Like that 92, it 92.5 is 28th in the league. We can't get much worse. You got to get that up. No, yeah, we have to get that up, and we need to. I I think part of the problem is is that we're not running the ball quite enough anyway. But then the other part of the problem is that there's just no explosiveness in the running games. Our running backs look like they are just tired. Running a quick Todd Gurley, Yeah, Todd Gurley looks like he is aged. It just – right now it doesn't have the gas anymore. Um, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope he can come out and, and have a really great game and just show me that I'm, I'm wrong about this. But I don't know. I mean, because he, he didn't look explosive last year when he was with the Rams. Um, he's got the arthritis in his knee. Right, and that typically slows guys down. So he may be at the end of his career at this point, which is crazy to think. So, but also, okay, so like with the running game, um, so like you said, definitely need to get get more explosive. But I like to see two things. I like to see not only get like Todd Gurley like. Go getting clean looks for Todd Gurley, but like with Brian Hill, I think he's got pep in his step. I think he's young, so if we can get some like decent play callings for him or like some high percentage, just get him out. He's not a really uh, get him in space and see what he does. But like, I feel like if you start like feeding him the ball more too, and just like like a bigger like a bigger load, that would help out too. Edo Smith, I might be just out on him. He's like a Devontae Freeman, like 3.0 or whatever you want to call it, because he's kind of yeah. small. They use him on the goal line to kind of be like a scat back, but he ain't Darren Sproles out there. I'm telling you. It's, so it's 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 hard to be undersized like that and go in on, you know, second and goal or whatever they're they're trying to do out there. So they don't give him enough touches on the edge in the middle of the field anyway to, like, 
So like really it's only like two two running backs right now. Hill yeah. and um, Gurley. And what's been disappointing with me for Gurley, other than the the points that you've you know expounded on, that I would say that I'm most disappointed with Gurley is it's really not his fault, but Matt Ryan has neglected to throw to him in the flat. There's been a yes. couple times there's been a couple times I can't specifically tell you what game and when, but you know, we're down there sniffing the red zone and um, you know, thirty yards out, that kind of thing, field goal range. And Matt Ryan's looking for it all. And uh, you know, Ty Gurley's out there on out and like no one around him. So I mean, if he's dangerous enough, if if he could get something going, maybe, you know, psychologically he trusts the knee more. Maybe, you know, it gets the rhythm back. Maybe if he has a good game, like you said, if he surprises us this game, maybe it turns into something and maybe we roll. But I'd like to see him get more involved in the passing game. I was actually going to make that point too. use the running backs oh, in man. different ways and be able to pass them. So um, pass to them. I, I totally agree with you. We need and, and Gurley has typically been a good, yeah, good. Uh, pass catcher yeah. come out of the backfield too, and, sure. and we haven't used him in that way at all. It's been more downhill running at this point, and, and that hasn't really shown much. Right, for sure. Oh, all man. right, so the last point that I, I really want to make, and you know how I feel about the Falcons secondary, so it's, I feel like I'm repeating <laughs> myself a little bit. I feel but, like I'm um, beating a dead uh, horse on this thing anyway. Go ahead, brother. Go yeah, ahead. But, I- but don't screw it up secondary. I mean, the Falcons secondary to this point, They've been getting beaten pass coverage. Um, they haven't gotten interceptions. They are getting tackles, and that's another I mean, problem we can talk about that's later. A pro- right. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they're getting tackles. And um, we'll, we'll, I'll share a couple other stats with you uh, in a little bit on that. But if the secondary can't hold up – now, let's get real. I mean, they're not really getting a lot of support. From right. their linebackers, part of it. There's, right. there's no pass rush. Pass rush, um, yeah. Except for very early in that first quarter against Dallas. That's really the only pass rush I've seen so far this year. Um, so they're not getting a lot of help, and they do need those guys to step up and help the secondary out as well. But, uh, yeah. dude, I don't I don't know. I told you I wasn't high on that first-round draft choice anyway, and he <laughs> – I, I, I hate to be Wait, a – listen. He's played decent. He hasn't been the one. I'm just saying, he hasn't been the one. Oliver's been the one. He hasn't yeah, we, been the one. He's made some plays. He's played decent. I oh, think the man. zone, that, that little soft zone that they play, I think it scares the crap out of me. And I don't think it's as effective as – I don't know what take they're looking at, but it's not as effective as what I'm sitting out looking at on my couch. So, uh, you know, and then now at the beginning of the year, I would have told you, hey – they got enough talent and they got enough young guns that are willing and eager to play man, bump man, you know, you know, like it's like a, you know, they play bump coverage, man, like aggressive man. But like now we're literally two games in literally we've played eight quarters and I'm now going to say, you know what? They don't have the, they don't have the talent to play, (laughs) you know, man coverage as much as I thought they should be playing man coverage because, you know, you get, I mean, obviously you have to have everybody hat on a hat, so I don't know. Right. The zone defense gets spreaded, and any if any quarterback in the NFL gets over two seconds to think about it and look around, they're going to shred that zone defense. 
<clears throat> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. Go ahead and jump over to part two of this interview. Some good stuff in there. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Rise Up Radar. And until next time, Falcons fans, rise up. Thank you.